you so much, Jacques, for being with me today on the Wave Capital's guest speaker series on relationship building in a team environment. You are my 30th guest. Greatly appreciate you having you on today. In your own words, how would you define relationship building, Jacques? You know what? I think relationship building starts off with being intentional. Uh, you know, I think that if you're truly in the uh, transformational ideas of that you're going to build a culture that's predicated based upon relationship, it has to be built, built upon substance. And substance talks with uh, starts with conversation um, that allows you to know who you're dealing with, um, what makes them tick, uh, what motivates them. And so to do that, you have to be very intentional with the uh, with the touch points that you create um, in the collaboration efforts of, of an organization. And I, I can I can definitely tell you from experience, you know, that's one thing that I think is very, very um, unique about working with the Los Angeles Rams. You know, we're as, we're as family um, oriented as it can be. Um, in a professional environment. And I think that the intentionality that we uh, work with in that capacity and that conduit and that vertical uh, allows us to, um, you know, be able to ad adhere and, and go, go through adversity unlike some other people because, um, you know, we're in the trenches with each other. We understand each other. We know each other's families. You know, we know what, we know what makes each other's tick. We know if there's something's going on, how it may, how it may um, you know, impact somebody else on the team more than others and just being able to uh, have that those uh, levers and support systems in place to be able to, um, you know, get through the bad times. Because I think that, you know, everybody hears about riding high and what it's like to, you know, be at the be at the top of the mountain. But, you know, it's a, it's a long climb, a lot of struggle uh, and a lot of things that go wrong in that journey to success. And success is not, you know, like I tell people, like it's not some just, uh, you know, hey, we, we've reached the mountaintop. No, every year you got to find a new mountain to climb, right? And every every year is a new journey. Every day is a new journey. So I think it's just um, being very, very intentional, um, one, with the journey, but two, with the, uh, the, the rapport and, and substance that you have in the relationships. Well, that's very well said. And who knows better than yourself? I mean, you've seen all facets of the game. I mean, you played in college at the University of Tennessee. From an academic standpoint, even in a higher education standpoint, got your MBA at Brown University. Uh, you played in the NFL for seven years and as an offensive lineman, and now you're an executive with the Rams, having won a Super Bowl last year. Congratulations, by the way. Um, when you think back to your early college days or probably even high school days, did you ever think that you would get to this point? And was it always a desire for you to, to be an executive? You know what? It's a great question. Um, you know, what I would say to that is that um, I definitely saw myself working in sports in some capacity. Um, you know, I'm definitely that free lunch kid, right, who, you know, just because they were able to play a sport was uh, afforded a bunch of opportunity and privilege uh, due, to, due to some talents that I had in an early age and was able to capitalize on that by, you know, being able to get an unbelievable education at the University of Tennessee when my bachelor's and master's and being able to play in the NFL, you know, for an extended amount of time and then, you know, procuring an MBA afterwards and now working in the NFL. But like the, uh, you know, the one common thread in that is is is, is football. And so, you know, I think when you go through those experiences, you know, you're given a, a unique seat to see how a lot of things work and a lot of different levers are pulled and, and, and things are done within an organization from uh, from even going to college to pro. And I think that it, it has allowed me a unique lens to understand some of the things that go on behind the scenes, but also from a different seat that I've got a lot of executives get right um, and from a player perspective. So I think that, you know, what I try to do is is, is be able to bring a, um, you know, a train of thought. Um, that that maybe is a little multi-angled because I've had uh, a, a different opportunity to see the sports from so many different um, vantage uh, vantage points and angles, and I think that allows me uh, to have a unique perspective, uh, right or wrong, 
or, or indifferent at times, right? But it does hopefully bring some uh, diversity of thought to the table. Yes, absolutely. And you are on the Knight Commission for Intercollegiate Athletics. Talk to me about the relationships that you've made there and continue to make there. Uh, the Knight Commission is an uh, it's an unbelievable organization to be a part of. Amy Perko does an, such an unbelievable job of getting us all, uh, you know, all together and creating the North Star. How do we continue to, uh, you know, make the uh, the world of collegiate athletics more equitable um, from an education and um, health and safety and, um, you know, just a way of play, um, you know, a, a way with uh, collegiate athletics and such a unique um, blend of individuals. Uh, you know, some of the friendships and mentorship that I, I have grown from being a part of that community, you know, has propelled me and 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 thinking way more, uh, let's call it large scale, right? I think that, you know, as, as we talk about transitioning from a player uh, to an executive, right? Like you, you do have to be able to zoom in and zoom out much, uh, much more, right? When you're a player, you're, you're zoomed in. It's the moment. It's whatever's happening at that point in time. And I think as an executive, you got to be able to zoom out and zoom in, right? Because you have to take care of the now, but you also have to project and strategize of what things will look like down the road. And so I think for me, being a part of the Knight Commission has kind of helped transcend my train of thought with being some of the being with some people who have uh, been in the, uh, the athletics arena for a long time. And I think challenged me to think in different ways. So I'm thankful, one, uh, for the relationships, but also just from the from some of the great work that's going on. And obviously now, with all the NIL things going on um, in this world, it's a it's a very um, opportunistic and uh, you know much needed time to be in this space doing doing great work to make sure that these student athletes get the um, uh, you know get the backing they need. Well, that's really great, and you know I love how you're able to connect with players, not so much in the executive sphere, so to speak, but because you're a former player, I'm sure you give a lot of. Uh, insight and give them a lot of wisdom and knowledge uh what type of conversations do you have is it more about technique or style of play or is it more about how to carry yourself as a professional on and off the field uh you know so I, i've transitioned um in the past year and a half from a role where i probably had a lot more touch points with the players um you know I th and i would say you know when you were when you're in those moments uh you know, you want to let the coaches coach, right? But you do want to be a support system to whatever's needed in that moment. So, you know, I think it was a wide range of conversations, but at the end of the day, it's just about, you know, hey, this is a unique opportunity. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, the NFL stands for not for long. So how do you leverage those moments, uh, you know, to be able to uh, build touch points that you may be able to capitalize on down the road, right? And also, you know, that uh, the NFL is a small circle and that, and that, you know, just because it doesn't work here, it doesn't mean it won't work somewhere else. But guess what? That next place is going to call here. So how you how you do anything is how you do everything. Um, and I think that just knowing that uh, that they will call and check with different places um, if, if, if a transition does happen. So make sure that you, uh, you know, keep those relationships, learn those relationships and treat people the right way, for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, you had mentioned to me offline that Len Elmore is one of your mentors and Len had the privilege and I had the privilege of interviewing him on my podcast uh, early on in the series. And, you know, we have things in common. We both worked at ESPN and uh, what a great guy, good friend. Uh, tell me about your relationship with Len. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure he'll be watching this uh, episode. You know what? Len Elmore is one of the most uh unique, um, transcending, uh, you know, former athletes that I've ever seen. And I think for me, the one thing when I look at him, I look at somebody that, um, you know, he's the epitome. Uh, it's about more than ball, right? Here's somebody that had an unbelievable career um, on the court and did such an unbelievable job of playing the game, but also 
transitioning off of it, you know, by getting his law degree and and practicing and all the things that he's doing in Columbia right now, right? Like here's somebody whose second act we could argue was better than his first and his first is unbelievable. And so for me, you know, I think that's the type of people that you want to surround yourself with that have walked that path and have shown that, you know, just because we're somebody who played on the court doesn't mean we're not somebody that can't be in that those executive roles in those in those boardroom and those seats having the conversations and depths of, uh, you know, how we can change and make this thing better or how we can strategize or run an organization. So I think for me, like learning from somebody like that and being able to have somebody like that as somebody that you can reference or um, talk to and, and ask questions to really, uh, it, it really hits home with me because he is, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's who I want to become. Uh, you know, I think, and if I, if I can at least just get half of what he's done uh, and off the court, it was because uh, I definitely didn't reach it on the court uh, or on the field, um, you know, would be, it would be a success for me. Tell me about your family, Jacques, uh, you know, growing up, a little about your background and what made you decide on University of Tennessee? Uh, you know, I come from a single parent household. Uh, you know, my mother, Stephanie, uh, you know, definitely humble beginnings. Uh, you know, it was one of those things to where, you know, all we had was each other. You know, we lived in lived in lived in apartments, but, you know, sports were, was that was an outlet for me and that opportunity to uh, socialize myself into the world and uh, and become part of a bigger something bigger than myself. And, uh, you know, it was always a way to stay active and, you know, didn't have any siblings, obviously. So, you know, things can get bored. So, you know, I was playing something every season, you know. One, because I love sports, but two, just because I didn't want to sit at home. And so, you know, I think I, I really appreciate my mother for how much she grinded and provided those opportunities for me to, you know, play different things in different uh, arenas. And, you know, all my best friends growing up were from from the sports realm. Right. So I think that uh, sports, as I said, has given me so much. I'll never be able to pay it back. So that's one of the reasons I continue to play it. So, you know, had a had a unique high school experience as a boarding student. Um, and, uh, you know, when, when recruiting came around, you know, had a, had a bunch of options, uh, you know, blessed and, and luckily, um, and, you know, but at the end of the day, like when you're from East Tennessee, uh, you know, the, the balls are birthright, uh, the ball, the, the balls are, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's East Tennessee heritage. And, uh, and I, I just have to say it means more, um, when you're, when you're from that side of the state and, you know, you're an hour and a half away from, you know, uh, the most electric and, you know, um, unbelievable fan base in the country. Um, you know, I know this is the first year we've come back to a little bit of uh, you know, national prominence in terms of being in that scene. But I can promise you that, you know, through the good to the bad or ugly, Vol Nation is something that uh, can't be replicated anywhere in the country. And so, you know, when it come, when it came to my decision, being able to be a part of something like that, um, whereas, you know, you know, we, we, we can sing Rocky Top all the way out here in California and people know it. Um, I think it was just a unique experience to truly uh, represent my state and uh, be with be with like minded people because, uh, you know, being involved is all about community. It's about all about each other. And at the end of the day, I think that's what, uh, you know, makes it great to be a, a University of Tennessee ball. Well, I, I love how so passionate you are about your alma mater. And, you know, it speaks to um, just how much you were involved as a student athlete back then and how much you have given back. Uh, to your fellow volunteers, you know, over the years. And anytime an athlete, you know, comes from humble beginnings, you know, and they never forget where they came from. He or she never forget where they came from. And it just speaks to just how in touch you are with your roots and how it has shaped you to this point, you know, going forward in all of your successes. Um, you know, I'm sure you were very excited about uh, Tennessee beating Alabama uh, the other day. What was that experience like? You know what? It was um, I, it was unbelievable, and I can't literally can't verbalize it into words what that moment meant because what it meant, right, is that you know uh, we have a 
an unbelievable fan base. We have an unbelievable support system in terms of boosters, donors. We have an unbelievable college environment and ecosystem. When you talk about Vol Navin, when you talk about Neyland, when you talk about Vol Nation and the fans. And, you know, I think the the, the most important thing is that we have a head coach um, who understands the tradition and is, is, is living that tradition out and embracing it. And I think that uh, he's just an unbelievable human. And I think that, you know, success comes from, you know, being able to harvest uh, your, your process and how you treat people. And I think Coach Heifel has done an unbelievable job of uh, creating a process and treating people the right way. And he's reaping that harvest of the seed that he sowed when he first took the job, you know, along with our new AD. Uh, you know, they're doing such fantastic work. And so for me, just to see those guys rewarded for some of the things that they're doing by just treating people the right way and embracing the Tennessee way, it's a beautiful thing to see because I would say before that we didn't have someone uh, you know, since Coach Fulmer, who is, uh, you know, I think is just an uh, unbelievable soul and the only reason that I went to the University of Tennessee. And so I think it's just nice to see somebody in that seat that truly embraces what being a Vol is about. And, you know, at the end of the day, too, that fan base deserves that more than anything. Uh, they stayed loyal through some times that, um, you know, weren't the best. Uh, we had some competitive years here and there and, and a bunch of prospects, but we weren't we weren't given the production that, uh, you know, is what we call the Tennessee standard. So for them just to stick through and still see 100,000 fans on a Saturday um, with that kind of support, man, the fans deserve that more than anything. So just for those players, those coaches, those fans, it was just a beautiful thing to see for them to be able to, you know, be on that field after the game, enjoy that moment because – um, without those people that that uh, storm those fields, there is no there is no Vol Nation, there is no Neyland, uh, there is no there is no Rocky Top known across all the world. So I think it just shows that you know who our fan base is and what being a ball is all about. And it was just good for the world to see that. So it was a big moment. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, definitely a big moment, and a moment that you and others of the Tennessee volunteer community will cherish for a very very long time. Uh, talk to me about you know being a your MBA candidate, obviously, then getting your MBA at Brown University, an Ivy League institution. What were those relationships like? Uh, was it your first time experiencing an Ivy League environment, you know, visiting campuses up there? I don't know if you were, you know, ever looking at Ivy League institutions when it was time to choose a college, but uh, talk to me about your relationships that you made at Brown. You know what? The uh, the program at Brown was unbelievable and, and why it was unbelievable and transformational for me, mm -hmm. um, because it was just a much just as much about, you know, how do we make the world a better place? And then just as much as how do we make sure the numbers and the processes and the business is right as well? Because uh, for me, I think in terms of the new age leaders, you have to be more informed on in the holistic process. Right. And a holistic process does mean that you're driving revenue, making decisions that, you know, put the organization um uh, in, in the right place, but it's also how do you, uh, how are you, how socially responsible are you in, in that decision making? And also, how is your employee experience in the, ensuring that you're creating a, uh, uh, you know, an, an equitable uh, and inclusive environment where people feel like they belong and want to be there on a daily basis? And so for me, that program was, a, a, let's call it just, it encapsulated all that. And it helped me further dive into the leader that I want to be, the leader that I want to inject into society. And, um, some of the things that I want to do. So for me, that's why I picked it. I had an opportunity to go to a bunch of different uh, programs that, you know, uh, just as just as good of uh, institutions. But for me, you know, I think I'm at a point in life today where alignment is key. And I think being aligned with the institution or being aligned with the organization or whoever that leadership, executive leadership structure is when you take a role or give somebody your time, I think that's one of the most important pieces um, that, uh, you know, I see for myself and I see that this is the society asking for you uh, going into the future. So, you know, one thing I loved about my MBA program is that that was kind of like at the forefront 
is you know how do how do we do business in a in a, in a way that drives revenue and maximizes opportunity, but also you know is socially responsible and uh, you know very much more becoming of a new uh, new age inclusive leader. So it was a, it was a very transformational experience for me. And uh, you know it's it's funny uh, you know I'll have to connect you with him as well. But you know now one of my good friends, Herb Portney, runs a Renaissance Search and Consulting, which is one of the only, if not the only, uh, black owned. Um, sports search for, firm in, in America. And so like, what's been cool is to be building with him and, you know, seeing how he's growing and, you know, me growing in this leg and, you know, just kind of, you know, we'll, 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 you know, parallel pass and just continue to uh, uplift each other and give each other the platform for success. So, you know, th th that's one of the more uh, transformational relationships that I got through that program, um, along with Jarvis Sam, who is a C-suite executive with Nike, right? And I think that when you see you know, people that look like yourself in those roles, whether, you know, Herb is an owner or uh, Jarvis in a C-suite, uh, you know, at a very young age, right? Like you're with these people that, you know, uh, rising tides lift all boats, right? But we all need our tide. And so, you know, it's been cool to, you know, find people to and, and bring them on the tide so they continue to lift you up and empower you and educate you as well. Absolutely. And I would love to meet them. And I appreciate the introduction. Thanks so much for uh, mentioning that uh, I always love to connect with other people's, you know, network of relationships. And it's all about relationship building and team building and building teams and building relationships. It builds character and you're a man of great character. And when you think about the, the word that you chose alignment, I love that you use the word alignment because you are part of an offensive line and offensive linemen have to be aligned to protect their quarterback um, so I just like how you use the word alignment in, in, in that uh, uh, sphere. Uh, when you think about uh, being the director of football affairs, uh, you know, the sky's the limit for you. You know, where do you go from here? I mean, do you like your current role and you'd see yourself in that role for a little while longer? Or would you like to move up the ladder, of course, within the organization or other organizations that you've aspired to be a part of? That's a, that's a great question. And, and what I would say is I've had a unique opportunity to grow uh, and being empowered and, and educated in this role here with the Rams. And I'm thankful for that. So I think that you do things and learn things because you want to serve in a bigger role. Um, you don't want to serve an organization in a bigger role in a bigger capacity in the future. But, you know, what I also believe is that there's a process to that. And so what I'm trying to do is, is stay grounded in one, the now, because that's where you learn. If you look too far, too far ahead, you forget where your feet are at. So, you know, my, my motto, you know, especially in these past year or two has been, you know, just be where your feet are at and, uh, you know, what comes will come and it'll come because you've been great to uh, at the point in time of what you've been chosen to do, what you've been, you know, tasked to do in the moment. So I'm trying to live in that moment and continue to grow every day because I have a unique uh, leadership uh, structure that, um, you know, they've empowered and, and, and given me an opportunity to be at the table and hear some of the things going on and be able to strategize. So like, you know, anything that happens to me next is is going to be because of, um, this time with the Los Angeles Rams, and I'm just thankful for, you know, kind of hit, hitting lightning in a bottle, uh, with, for lack of better words, and, and coming into an environment to where I can learn, grow, and be valued by the people that, um, you know, are the decision makers. So, you know, I think that, you know, whatever does come next is going to be because of, you know, some of the success we've had with the Los, Los Angeles Rams and just me learning uh, from the right people. And so, you know, I'm really thankful for Les, Sean, and, uh, you know, the environment that they've created on our football operations side to be able to uh, learn, grow, and, um, you know, figure out, um, you know, how I can always bring value and also, you know, giving constructive feedback so you can always get better, right? And, you know, sure. I think that uh, from an external standpoint, people would say that we've had, you know, let's call it since Sean been here, a, a, a lot of success, but, um, you know, what I would say is it's it's been a lot of, um, you know, retweaking and reworking and growing 
um, together. And, and, you know, I think that what I say the word alignment because it is key. And I think that's one of the beautiful things that we have here inside the Rams organization is that alignment is key. And if we're not aligned, we're going to hop in a room, get on the same page and keep it moving. And so I think that are not, not a lot of people are, are uh, organizations are set up to have those crucial conversations, but you know, we we've had a lot of success because our leadership structure is very aligned and uh, you know, that, that, that permeates throughout the entire building, right. In such a way that, you know, that's how people carry out that role is, is, is you know, with, with that management structure from the top down. So, you know, alignment starts at the top and we've had that and alignment doesn't mean perfection. Alignment means the ability to have conversations to be able to get back on the same page. And, you know, that's one thing that I'm very thankful for is like one, being able to be a part of those uh, crucial conversations at times, but also know that they're having, whether I'm, whether I'm there or not there. So it's just a very, a very unique, um, you know, opportunity that I've had to, you know, be a Los Angeles Ram for sure. Definitely. And, you know, the operative word is alignment. I mean, is there another leadership quality out of all the leadership qualities one would need to possess to be a great leader, to be a great relationship builder? What is one that is an absolute must has to be a part of the mix? And listening, listening, I think being a, a, an elite listener um, is something that is lost in leadership. You know, people people always think that, um, you know, if, if you speak first, and you know, you you tell what's going on. People are supposed to just listen. You know, leadership is earned, and it's earned through um, you know, the relationship building and listening. And one, making others feel like they have equity at the table, and truly empowering that they do have equity at the table. And so, you know, that's one thing that I've learned as I've been here with uh, with the Rams going on. Uh, this is my sixth season. Is that you know, I've had people that have listened to me, um, and and in times where maybe they shouldn't have because you know, I was I was a young executive and I've kind of matured and grown and grown now. But you know, they were giving me, uh, you know, a, a platform and an ability to speak, um, you know, when I first got here. And I'm thankful for that because I know that's not normal. So, you know, like, like, like I said earlier, like, you know, Sean and Les have just been unbelievable in terms of creating that, uh, you know, opportunity for me uh, to provide value um, and, and, and be able to, and them listening to me and also them giving that constructive feedback and having that relationship. But I think listening is a key thing that when you're trying to really, um, you know, as, as Les always says, grow a symbiotic a building symbiotic um, employee experience, you know, the leadership knowing uh, what's going on in the weeds and at, and at every level of the organization and listening and, and, and taking that information and feedback and constructing it and, um, you know, outputting it back in a way that's uh, optimal for the organization is key. You want to create that that flywheel, as, uh, as, as Les would say, and, and, uh, and making sure that you have that ecosystem and environment that's kind of self-sustainable, but it's because you have processes and, um, you know, levers in place that allow for the place to, uh, you know, be sustainable over time. And I think that, you know, it's great that you chose the word listening. I mean, I, I know somebody said it way back when. I don't know who would take credit for it. But, you know, God, I'm, I'm a, a strong, uh, faith-filled person. And, you know, God gave one mouth, but he also gave two ears, right? Uh, so that is a indication that listening is more important than speaking. And uh, when you think about, um, you know, where you are, and we talked about where you are, at in your career do you ever aspire to be an owner or part of an ownership group one day i mean what are other interests that you have that may be sports related or non-sports related i mean having an mba from brown is exceptional it's so awesome that you have that degree uh but what did the business world teach you um what are some of the things that you found from the business world that you or from your degree have now? you seen what these teams are going for <laughs> i don't have a b in front of my net, uh, behind my network so Ownership may be a, a, a long way out there, but, you know, I think what it, you know, I think what 
one thing B school did teach me is that, um, you know, I think that I start, I'm starting to get a lot more access and opportunity to kind of see the, the bottom line and how we're doing financially in terms of just my department and being more empowered in their arena. And so I think that, uh, you know, B school allowed me to get back to that mathematical sense of the checks and balances of what matter to owners. Right. And that's to make sure that the books are right. That's sure to make sure from a budgetary standpoint that you're, you know, projecting and forecasting and uh, adjusting, you know, month to month, quarter to quarter and making sure that you're staying on track to whatever that budget may or may not be. Right. And so I think that being back in those classes and learning more granularly um, how I can continue to make that uh, proactively activated um, in my workflow uh, was very, was very, very transformational for me. And I think that, um, you know, I thought that was a key piece of me going back to school is just retapping in because, you know, you got to think about it, right. I hadn't been a student for, shoot, I don't know, 10 to 12 years before that, right? And so I think just tapping back in that mathematical sense. And, you know, sometimes when you you get an opportunity to come back with an org right after you play, like a lot of a lot of everything you learn is is, is osmosis or, you know, uh, you know, on, on the job, on the job learning, right? OTJ, right? And I think that, um, you know, I think it, it allowed me to kind of slow that process down and obviously, you know, still use some of the things I've learned on my own, but also kind of, you know, see where, where my weaknesses were and evaluate myself to how I can get better at each of those verticals. So that was the main thing for me going back to business school is I want to be the best, best self I can be. You know, you ask about other opportunities. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, you, you have to be credentialed in such a way to be able to procure those opportunities. And if something did come up, I don't want people saying, well, he doesn't have X, Y, or Z, or he's not ready for this or that. And I think that, you know, that you only do that by every day attacking every opportunity and creating moments for yourself to continue to be the best you you can be. And uh, for me, that's that's what I strive to be. So, you know, business school wasn't the end of my uh, my learning and my my learning journey. Um, you know, I'm already doing other things that, uh, you know, are helping me uh, let's call it, you know, structure and capitalize off my assets and continue to work on what some people may deem my weaknesses or opportunities, what I like to call them, to get better. And I think that that's a continual journey. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm here to be on that, that, uh, that, that journey and continue to ride the train and make sure that I'm doing the things that the best Jacques McClendon shows up on a daily basis. Definitely, Jacques. And you said that very well. Um, I think that it's important to always know what your strengths and weaknesses are, and you have to know how you want to improve every day. You know, you never stop learning, never stop growing, and it's very critical for everyone's maturation to always have goals and always aspire to achieve those goals and never let challenges or setbacks get in the way of progress and success. And when you think about the Los Angeles Rams, you say that you were you have been with the team for six years. Well, last year they won a Super Bowl. So again, congratulations on Los Angeles Rams winning a Super Bowl and being part of that success. What was so different last year that allowed the Rams to meet to reach the mountaintop? Uh, I mean, uh, <clears throat> we got a unique environment where um, Sean has created, let's call it this partnership uh, culture with the coaches and players, and you know, front office executives, you know, less to Sean. Uh, less the players, Sean the players, players to Sean, players to less. There's this, um, you know, open, uh, open door policy of communication. And, you know, we may not always agree, but we're always going to listen. And so what I think was special about last year was uh, the, uh, the, uh, the adaption, the evolution 
of that of that partnership and you know sean does such an unbelievable job of putting his players in uh positions to be successful Les does such an unbelievable job of understanding uh you know the ecosystem of our team and what it may need and inject at that moment in time and him and sean do such an unbelievable job um you know with with that process and i think it just all came together and uh you know kevin dimoff our team coo says one thing that always hits me is like you know uh, we, we will do crazy, but we will not do reckless. And I think that, you know, that's something that, you know, you may see us do some things that aren't, um, you know, things that other organizations may think about, but that's because they're willing to take chances, but they take those chances in such a way that, you know, they're, 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 they're calculated. Now, they're very smart individuals and there is a bigger strategy. It's not just some, you know, decision where they, they just pulling at the hip in the moment, uh, and, 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 and making a decision, but, you know, with, with the relationship that they have with ownership, you know, we Kevin, Tony, Les and Sean and every, the way that they're able to, you know, symbiotically move and put us in the right positions. It just all came together last year. And I think that, you know, players make plays. Um, and, 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 uh, I think at the end of the day, those guys went out, uh, especially when you look at that playoff run and really propelled us and put us in that position to go, you know, hoist that Lombardi trophy, uh, you know, at home, but, you know, as, as we always say, that was last year and this year's a whole nother mountain to climb. And, uh, you know, we're, we, we got a long season left and, uh, we're ready to, you know, we have a new identity. It's a new roster. And, you know, as, as, as great as that moment was last year, you know, we moved on when training camp started. That's literally why we had the ceremony the day before we reported to camp because we wanted to put that in the past. So, you know, as, as unique as that moment was and how everything came together, like, you know, we're all focused in the now and how can we be better in this moment and use this bye week to get better so we can go uh, finish the season as strong as possible. Okay. How do you feel about potentially repeating this year with a new roster, new team, new strategy? How do you like your chances? We are one game at a time mentality. So, you know, we got this bye week and let's go get healthy. Uh, we come back and get to compete against the San Francisco 49ers. So for us, like, you know, all the all the you know external stuff is not what motivates us internally. What's internally is making sure every day that we're doing the best that we can to make sure that we're the best team that we can be. Uh, and so, you know, it's it's uh, what is today? It's, uh, you know, whatever day of the bye week and we're going to use today to capitalize to get better on the day. And I think that, you know, what happens at the end of the season is only going to only going to become because we take care of this moment of time. So don't want to get uh, that far ahead of ourselves. Just want to be able to get through this bye week, get get, get healthy and uh, let's go. Let's go start practicing, and prepare for San Fran next week. Yes, absolutely. And when you think about uh, other business leaders, uh, are there any specific ones who you've looked up to or you've been uh, inspired by. I mean, they could be not just in sports. I mean, they could be in the tech industry, the medical industry, the legal community. Um, they could be in any industry that you can think of. I mean, what or if are there people who, I should say, uh, have, have inspired you? You know, I, I'm, I'm going to go with somebody like a Kevin Warren, a Jason Wright, uh, you know, Kevin Warren, who is the, you know, the, the commissioner of, of the Big Ten Conference. Um, I was able to connect with him a couple of weeks ago and just just such an unbelievable conversation. But here's somebody who um, has embraced their opportunity that they've had in the moment and have continued to climb because of how people have thought about him. And, uh, you know, just treating people the right way, doing business the right way and operating in such a way that makes people want to work around him and with him. And so, uh, you know, I just really look up to him and his process. And, you know, Jason Wright, you know, let's call it being the first black president uh, of an NFL team, you know, I think that, uh, you know, that comes with a lot of responsibility. Um, and, and I think that he's done uh, such a great job of, 
you know, rebranding, um, you know, an organization and putting him, putting themselves in position to, you know, kind of, kind of change the, change the narrative of the past. So, you know, really look up to those two, because I think they've got some, uh, they got a lot of us on their shoulders as they continue to do their work. And uh, I'm just appreciative that they blazed the path so that, you know, that we could have more opportunities, people that look like me can have more opportunities down the road. And I know that the NFL uh, has more African-American coaches or people of minority uh, ethnic backgrounds, people who are coaching, you know, today or, or this season, I'm sure you'd like to see more of that for many years to come because the NFL is a very diverse community. So it should be, in, in my opinion, and I'm sure you share the same opinion that more diversity needs to be represented uh, at the head coaching level. You know what? I think at the end of the day, um, you know, the NFL is taking the right steps uh, to um, try to make it a more equitable process. And, you know, there's work to do. But the good thing is, is that everybody has raised their hand and is willing to do it. Uh, you know, I serve on the Bill Walsh Diversity Committee for the league office. And so, you know, just kind of seeing some of the the parameters that they're putting in place and <clears throat> some of the, um, you know, work streams that they've created to continue to try to, um, you know, make this a more equitable workforce. Um, you know, we'll, we, we will get there. But you know, it, it's it's only going to get there because people want to get there, and I think that I'm. It's great to see that they're having these conversations at ownership meetings, right? It's at the front. Of, it's at the front of the uh, the front of the conversation, in front of the whole room. And so, you know, I think it's just getting people, um, you know, thinking in the right vein that creates a uh, you know equitable change. And look, the owners, the the league office, the commissioner, uh, Troy Vincent, are doing an unbelievable job of uh, creating those conversations so that we can move forward together in such a way that will uh, that create change and change in the right way. So. I, I'm excited about the future and I'm excited about uh, that the conversation is uh, is being had in, in the right vein with the right people in the right places. Certainly. And again, I share your sentiments and it definitely is a work in progress. And I'm very hopeful and optimistic that things will continue to go in the right direction because diversity is so important in society and it needs to be represented in all parts of an organization especially an organization uh, as complex, I should say, in the NFL, complex in the context of just a lot of moving parts. And you talk about that symbiotic relationship to make things, you know, run more uh, smoothly and having diversified opinions and thoughts and beliefs and backgrounds, it is what strengthens uh, the core of an organization like an NFL. So I'm very hopeful and optimistic as well. Uh, with the last you know few minutes that we have on today's uh, episode, um, please fill in the blank. Jacques McClendon will want to be blank in five years. Jacques McClendon will want to be the best version of himself in five years. Um, look, I think the one thing that, you know, you said earlier, right, I'm an, I'm an old lineman and, and you don't hear about old linemen until they mess up. And so, you know, I definitely want to operate with a path of humility, um, one, by not looking to put myself in the limelight, but also understanding that I got to continue to recalibrate and understand what I may have done good, bad, or indifferent in the moment to continue to create that North Star. So, you know, every day I wake up and I just want to be the best version of myself. So in five years, I hope I have that same North Star. And then whatever has happened at that moment um, has happened because I have truly, you know, picked up the picked up the let's call it punch the clock and, and went to work that day and done what is expected of me to, to my highest abilities and so you know just being able to be the best version of myself is uh, I think a, a good North Star and a good goal to continue to have. 
definitely a great answer. And I believe that everybody should show a sign of humility and be grounded because it's all about being relatable and it's all about being able to connect with others who can identify with you know, your past or have the same aspirations for the future. You know, people can identify with not only people's successes, but their struggles and setbacks. And, you know, again, that whole um, mindset of, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? And people, whether you, me, anybody, we have faced, you know, forms of adversity. And I think that's really is a testament to, you know, always being persistent and going after your dreams and working really hard and hopefully um, every day improve as a person and continue to be the best version of yourself. Thank yeah, you. James, being one of 32 is hard, right? So just because you don't become one of 32 does not mean you weren't successful. So I think being able to stay in the moment and stay grounded where your present feet are at uh, will allow you to always be thankful for wherever you're at and for whatever comes. So, you know, I think that just know the odds, but also know that, you know, anything that you get is going to be because you are the best you in that moment at that time at that place. Definitely, Jacques. I want to thank you so much again for being with me today on the Wave Capital's guest speaker series on relationship building in a team environment. I really enjoyed this conversation about relationship building. I hope you did. Any uh, final thoughts? Just thank you for your time. And, um, you know, always here, reach out to me via LinkedIn. Always happy to, you know, reach out and talk to other individuals and really enjoy this platform to be able to share best practices and, uh, you know, network with people. So thanks for your time. Thank you so much, Jacques. You have a wonderful rest of your day and go Rams. Thank you. Take care.